0: What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values. How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find
1: a CKA.
2: If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? Luke 16, 11. I am Rob West. We're called to be good stewards of God's resources, but being financially faithful amid the busyness of modern life isn't easy. Today I'll tell you how to stay faithful in managing your money. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, it's easy to feel overwhelmed these days and be tempted to take the path of least resistance with money. Maybe it's easier to grab a cup of coffee on the way to work than to make it yourself or to hit a fast food drive through rather than making dinner for the family. But those expenses add up quickly and before you know it, there isn't quite enough money left over at the end of the month to meet your obligations and you're charged a late fee. It doesn't have to be that way. With preparation, you can avoid it. First, carve out some time each week for prayer. Ask God for wisdom in managing your money. James one five tells us if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Next, you need a spending plan. It's essential for managing your money faithfully. If you're not living on a budget, download the free FaithFi app in your app store. It has three different ways to set up a budget with step-by-step instructions and help from our team. The FaithFi app will also track your expenses so you stay on budget. Developing your budget will show clearly whether you have enough income to meet your expenses. If you don't, there are really only two options. You can either cut your expenses or look for ways to increase your income. Trimming the budget may be easier, so look at the categories where you spend a lot of money first. You may not be able to do much right away with your rent or mortgage, but what about food? Groceries and eating out can gobble up a big chunk of your budget, but planning can save you a lot of money. Limit getting carryout to one to two times a month. Instead, draw a menu plan for the week. Make a list of the items you'll need to prepare those meals before you go to the store. Actually, shopping online for groceries can save you money because you're not tempted by impulse buying and you see the running tab of the items you choose. That will help you stay on budget by not overspending in your food category. Most of the bigger chains offer online shopping now, often at no charge. Then, look for other ways to trim your spending. Are you still subscribing to streaming services you're not using? Can you form a babysitting pool with other parents? Or maybe look for free activities in your community. Every little bit helps. Now, once your budget is balanced, ideally you'll have something left over. This is also essential. Unless you can learn to live below your means, you'll be running up debt every month. More on that in a bit. Now, the next step in staying financially faithful is to take that leftover money, even if it's only a little, and begin saving up your emergency fund. You absolutely must have a reserve of cash to meet unexpected expenses, things outside your budget like a furnace needing repair or a medical bill. Start with a goal of $1,500, then keep going, adding bit by bit. You'll want to eventually save three to six months living expenses in your emergency fund. It may take a long time and you will no doubt have setbacks along the way, but the peace of mind you'll get once you have your emergency fund in place will be worth the effort. Okay, I mentioned debt earlier. If you have it, you know firsthand that Proverbs 22.7 is true. The borrower is slave to the lender. Make a plan to get out of debt. You can split your leftover money, applying some to your emergency fund and the rest to paying down consumer debt. Use the snowball method to speed this up. Pay all of your minimum payments, but more on the account with the smallest balance. When that's paid off, put your extra money on the next smallest balance. Rents and repeat until the debt is gone. If you're having trouble meeting those minimum monthly payments, contact our friends at christiancreditcounselors.org to get on a debt management plan. Uh, they can get your interest rates reduced so that you can pay off your debt 80% faster. Once your consumer debt is paid off, you can turn to retirement savings. Strive to save 10 to 15% of your income in a tax-advantaged plan like an IRA or 401k. If your employer offers matching contributions, you want to do this as quickly as possible to take full advantage of that free money. All of these things are important, but perhaps the best way to be financially faithful is to remain generous. Strive to be a percentage giver to your local church and then look to give sacrificially beyond it. We'll be right back.
1: 45,000 That's how many times Faith and Finance referred a listener to a certified kingdom advisor last year. And for good reason. These are trusted financial, legal, and accounting professionals who have completed a rigorous certification program to ensure biblically wise financial advice as part of their practice. You can find a local CKA professional in your area by going to faithfi.com and clicking on the Find a CKA button on the homepage.
2: My name is Kent and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance and she recently had a, a life-threatening experience and she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the, the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. Hey, it's time to take your calls and questions today on anything financial. Let's turn the corner. What are you thinking about? We'd love to hear from you. We've got some lines open. They're filling quickly, but we've got one waiting for you at the moment at eight hundred five two five seven thousand again, that's eight hundred five two five seven thousand. Why don't we begin today in Doylestown, Ohio? Brenda? You'll be our first caller. Go ahead
1: Hi. Um, I don't have a question as much as something I think people might need to be aware of. My husband and I, since I have a little side business, we file married separately, right? Yes. And we've been contributing to Roth IRAs for the last several years, and it just came to light accidentally that we are not eligible to contribute to a Roth IRA when we file separately.
2: Now, why would that be? As long as you're under the income it, cap, what would uh, filing separately, the, how would that affect your Roth? The
1: income cap is $10,000 okay. when you file separately. This is something that I did not know, and our tax preparer is not concerned about that because the Roth IRA doesn't have any tax implications.
2: Yeah, so I now think the our thing that's confusing me... financial person is trying to... Yeah, the thing that's confusing me, Brenda, is that if you file taxes as a single person, your modified adjusted gross income has to be under uh for last year was $144,000, for this year it's 153,000 for you to have Roth IRA eligibility. Uh for a married person filing jointly, it's up at 214,000 for last year, 228,000 for this year. But so that's what's throwing me off a little bit.
1: But we're married filing separately because of the deductions that I can take from my extra income. Yeah. And when you do that, you you're not eligible to contribute to a Roth IRA, which we have. And now he's Hmm. trying to undo everything.
2: Yeah. Well, um, my understanding would be that if you're, uh, married filing separately, um, Oh I see so if you if you live yeah there is a provision that uh, I was not aware of I'm it's interesting that you're calling this out Uh, So it says if you've lived together at any time during the year, which clearly you do, you just happen to file separately, it's less than $10,000. That's really interesting. I think that's probably a little-known provision in the tax law that uh, probably trips most people up, uh, which is, is really fascinating. So are you all in the process of removing your contributions?
1: Yes. We switched to a new financial analyst a couple years ago. And it just came to light very randomly. And so, yeah, we're trying to undo it and put the funds into something else because we're not eligible.
2: Interesting. And uh, do you plan to continue to file this way because of your business interests? Is that right?
1: Well, you know, and here's the thing. I don't think that saving several hundred dollars a year is worth the offset of being able to do a Roth. Yeah. So, no, I don't think I'm going to do that this year trying yeah. to save a little bit of tax money, you know, tax right. return.
2: Yeah, and miss out on this opportunity. You know, the other option is, I mean, do you all take advantage of a SEP IRA or anything else as self-employed individuals?
1: No, I'm – no, I don't. I don't really make that much extra income anymore, but I think what we're going to do this year instead is we're going to buy I-bonds.
2: Hmm, Yeah. Yeah, and you certainly can do that. I think that the the nice thing about the I-bonds is the rate right now is fairly attractive at 6.89%. It's likely going to come down after your first six months, and we'll know what that rate is in May. Um, and so the one-year return would probably be pretty attractive. Longer term, you know, if this is money that you're looking five years plus on, I don't think it's going to be very attractive. Um, I mean, I would say in your one- to five-year bucket, I like the I-bonds because you have the ability to pull it out after a year. If you can find something more attractive, if the Fed is successful at getting interest, uh, uh, the inflation back down, which would bring the I-bond rate down because it's pegged to CPI. I think the key for you all is to make sure, I mean, uh, I would imagine if, if you are, uh, are you both self-employed or just one of you no, employed? No, no, from,
1: we, okay. Yeah, we both have full-time jobs and oh, I just okay. have
2: a side job. Okay, very good. And so are you contributing through your company-sponsored retirement plan for your long-term savings? Yes. Okay, very good. Yeah, so you you've got something going there, obviously, to build for your future, and I would say as a goal, let's target that at ten to fifteen percent. But I like the Roth a lot. I think that could be a great option for you. And this discovery that you've made on the married filing separately may in fact lead you to changing that status moving forward. So thanks for pointing that out. Uh, interesting uh, curveball in the IRS tax code that you're uncovering here. So we appreciate you checking in with us today, Brenda. And I'm sorry. That's not going to work out for you for 2022. Uh, Let's head to Indiana. Hey, Randy, how are you doing today and how can I help?
1: Good. Thank you. Um, If I'm taking anything out from my TSP, uh, why is it taxed as income when uh, I declare it as a taxable savings account?
2: Well, a, a TSP, a thrift savings plan, is a, a retirement vehicle, and that money is contributed pre-tax. Uh, so you think about it like a 401k, it's just for government workers. Um, and so as you take that money out, not only will you pay tax on it as income in retirement, but if you do so prior to age 59 and a half, you're going to have a penalty on top of that.
1: Right. So if I'm taking out after 15 and a half, I'm fine with that. But it's like putting my money in the savings account. I'm taxed when I take it, my savings money out of the bank. That's not that the same thing.
2: No, because when you put money in a savings account, you're putting it in after tax. So the benefit here is the money going into the TSP, you're going to deduct that from your taxable income. So it's going in pre-tax. You're not, it's going to be excluded from your uh, income that you pay tax on in the year of the contribution. And then they're going to let you allow it to grow tax deferred so the taxes aren't impacting the growth along the way, but in exchange for that tax deduction, that, you know, uh, contribution pre-tax and the tax-deferred growth, uh, as you take it out, you're going to pay on it as a withdrawal in the form of income tax. Uh, Different from your savings, which you put in after tax, and then you pay tax on the gains along the way, the interest. Does that make sense? Okay.
1: Yeah, it does. I thought the TSP was uh, pre-taxed. It sounds like it's not a Roth IRA. It's more like an IRA where you're paying taxes after the fact.
2: That's correct. Yeah. So it goes in pre-tax. So uh, the contributions to the TSP are like a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k. They're excluded from your income in the year of the contribution and then tax deferred growth and then paying tax as it comes out. Unlike the Roth IRA where it's going in after tax and then you have tax free growth. The TSP is more equivalent uh, to the traditional IRA and 401k. Is that a negative thing? Uh, not necessarily, just different. So you know the the question is: Are you paying more in the way of taxes today, and therefore that deduction today is more beneficial to you, or would you? Uh, are you gonna? You know, would you rather pay tax on it down the road? Uh, you're banking on the fact that the taxes down the road are going to be lower. They're probably not. So that's where the Roth is advantageous because if you, you know, if we think we're in a lower tax bracket today because you know politically rates are headed higher down the road. And again, that's uncertain. Then you'd be better paying the tax today and taking it out tax-free. I kind of like the idea of having two buckets. So perhaps you think about doing the TSP as your pre-tax bucket and then uh, do a Roth in addition to that. So you'd have some tax-free money growth growing for you as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to your future taxation. Thanks for your call. We'll be right back on Faith and Finance. doing it. We are grateful for support from One Ascent Investments on the MoneyWise program. They manage a comprehensive suite of value-based investment strategies designed to help Christian investors live aligned with what they value most. One Ascent believes that if your values inspire the way you live, they should also inspire the way you invest. This can be a unique form of worship. More information is available at investments.oneascent.com. That web address is investments.oneascent.com.
1: If the heavy burden of debt is robbing you of freedom and peace of mind, Christian Credit Counselors can help. We're a nationwide nonprofit credit counseling organization that has helped over 300,000 individuals in the last 27 years get out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring that debt in full. To learn how Christian Credit Counselors can help you, visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. That's ChristianCreditCounselors.org. Or call 800-557-1985.
2: Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. We'd love to hear from you. The number to call today with lines open is 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Give us a call. Let's start in the Bronx, New York. Karen, thanks for calling. Go ahead.
0: I'm 71 years old, but my help my daughter through school. Finished one mortgage, but to help her, I had a refinance. After I refinanced and she got through, uh, we sold the condo, and now I'm looking to buy a house. And I have former military service, but I'm going to do a conventional loan. Okay. And I'm still actively working, and I just want to okay. know, is this a chance I should – is this a is this um, feasible? I don't have a lot of savings. I have $10,000 right now at present.
2: Okay. All right. So you've got uh, $10,000 in savings and that's all you have including what you would use as a down payment to buy the home?
0: Uh yes, I I've, I've already been pre-approved for um over 250,000 and okay. um I would only have to put 5% down.
2: Okay. All right. But that would uh take all of your liquid savings, is that right?
0: I would say it does it
2: would yes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's my only concern is I'd love for you to go into this with a bit more down and still have an emergency fund on top of it. Because you're going in with such little down, you know, one of the things we're expecting this year is to see the housing market pull back a bit. So nationally they're expecting the housing market to pull down, you know, five to 6%. That would, you know, potentially eat up, depending on how quickly you do this, all of the equity that you have. And let's say we're to hit a maybe a more severe recession where we saw housing prices lose 10% or more in certain pockets of the country. And I guess that's the the challenge is that you could find yourself upside down uh in this home. And if the unexpected comes and it typically does, then, you know, we don't have any liquid savings to fall back on. So now all of a sudden we're into credit cards or, or something like that. So I guess make sure you know where you're wanting to settle down. Now, if you're moving to be be near family, obviously that may be, you know, a foregone conclusion, which part of town you want to move to, but perhaps you, you know, getting there, settling in, and then saving a bit more, you know, could give you a little more cushion, so you could put a little more down, but at the very least have at least some liquid savings to fall back on, you know, for the unexpected. But give me your thoughts on that, Karen.
0: Well, first of all, God has been beyond awesome I'm providing for me in a way you can't even imagine. Yes. I still, um, I still donate, and I support two children, you know, outside. I mean, they're not mine, but through mission, through mission, through sort of compassion and also yeah. world evangelism. I support two children, and Great. even with all that I'm doing, I'm able still to make this meet and to command a very decent salary as a registered nurse. Sure, so, sure. um I I feel that I need to leave from where I am because I I'm really miserably unhappy right. and I really want to go out midwest.
2: So Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and you could still do that. I mean, I don't want to get in a binary trap where we say, you know, buy a house or not uh, in the sense that uh, you know, you could go ahead and move and, you know, without buying a home and rent You know, get a feel for the area. Make sure that is in fact where you want to settle down. Let's see what happens. uh, You know, with regard to the recession, if we have one, how deep is it? What house? What happens to housing prices? Get to a place where mortgage interest rates, you know, come down a bit. We've seen them. You know, they crested around seven and a half. You know, we're seeing rates now in the fives. I'd love for that to get down quite a bit more, which is going to make the home more affordable for you, especially with you borrowing as much as you are. And I guess I would continue to come back to, yes, we ultimately trust God for His provision. He is our provider, but we also see clearly in Scripture that we're to to be savers, and we should, you know, not presume upon the future, and I think having something, you know, there and liquid to fall back on really uh, is the key. Uh, You know, so I guess that's where I would feel, excuse me, a lot better with a few of these uncertainties kind of being worked through a bit more. Uh, and you having some reserves that you could lean on uh, at that point. So I'd probably, at the very least, delay the purchase, even if you don't delay the move, just so you can, uh, you know, wait out a few of these things, and and hopefully, with the work that you're doing right now, start putting some money aside that you could build up a an emergency fund that would be there beyond what you're having to put down on the house. Do you follow all that?
0: Oh, absolutely do, absolutely yeah. do. Good. Absolutely do. I really okay, well, stretch myself thin, but I thank you so very, very much. Well, you're I really welcome, Karen. Your program.
2: Well, thank you very much for that, and I'm delighted about this next chapter of your life, and it seems like God is leading very clearly uh, you in an, in another direction, and we'll pray that He has something really special for you in this next season, but uh you give it some prayerful thought before you make that decision, and if we can help further along the way, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us, and God bless you. Well, folks, we've got some lines open today. We're taking your calls and questions, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Hey, if you haven't checked out our brand new website, I'd love for you to do that, faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com. You can listen to broadcast archives. You can create a free account. And you can also download the new FaithFi app there on the website. Just click faithfi.com and and then click the app button. Finally, you can search for a certified kingdom advisor. Just click the button that says find a -A. CKA. To Waverly, New York. Ted, you'll be next up, sir. Go ahead. Yes, um, well, uh, I'm in charge of um, some finances for my father. He's 98 years old. He's in a retirement nursing home. He may have a sizable amount of money uh, for a few years to pay the bills. Wealth preservation for someone like that. Um, What might be a better choice, or should he continue to have his stocks, bonds, mutual funds, He does have a few CDs, and he does have some liquid cash. Is there any suggestions to either stay the course or move it into something different? Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, the good news is you've got quite a bit of a nest egg. I mean, typically, we'd say to maintain this portfolio, uh, obviously, he's up in age. If he's in good health and the Lord tarries. Uh, you know, he could live a while, but the good news is you've got plenty of assets here. So I think this, you know, the the idea would be to maintain this as best you can uh, would probably be to stay on the most conservative end of the spectrum. So I'd have very little in the way of stocks here and really just have really just some solid fixed income type investments for the bulk of this portfolio. Is somebody overseeing this for you, uh, Ted, or are you making the decisions? Uh, I guess I'm making it, but I do have some uh, consultants. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But well, let's do this. I'm out of time today, but if you stay on the line, we'll talk a bit more off the air and see if we can help you uh, get to where you need to go. We appreciate you calling, and thanks for looking after your dad there and, and for checking in with us today. God bless you. I'm grateful for my team today Tahira, Gabby, Amy, and Jim. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.